Hello and welcome to Mali Life News and Views. I am Devashish Basu. For the past four months, a very strong rally has gripped the Indian stock markets. The US market, of course, has been a major bull run from the, from, for the entire 2023. That's almost eight months now. Investors have shrugged off all macroeconomic worries, such as poor economic growth, high inflation, and of course, high debt everywhere. Developed world, developing world, everywhere. But now, suddenly, having conquered the major bugbear of 2022, which is high inflation, investors are beginning to have second thoughts. They are really wondering whether all the problems are over. Indeed, they have reasons to worry because the global picture is not looking nice at all. Let's start with a country which has actually delivered almost 40% of the global growth over the last 10 years. That is China. What's happening in China? is not very nice. China's GDP growth for the entire 2022 was just 2.9%. Why was this so low? Because we are accustomed to hearing China growing at 5, 6, 7% per annum. This was because of draconian measures the, the Chinese government had taken to control COVID. When at last in December last year, after a lot of Chinese protests, the Chinese government started relaxing and allowing economic activity and social movements and so on, a lot of people expected a major boom, China reopening boom. But that has not happened. In fact, the picture is quite grim over there. Let me give you some numbers. In July, consumer prices declined for the first time in over two years, while exports plunged by 14.5%. In fact, exports to US, its biggest partner, was down by a staggering 23%, while exports to European Union was down by 20.6%. China's exports and imports make collectively make up almost 40% of their economy. So when exports go down and imports go down as well, which because a lot of these imports are supposed to go into manufacturing products, which are then re-exported, there is a huge impact on jobs. In fact, Manufacturing activity contracted for four straight months and unemployment rate among the Chinese youth is conservatively estimated to be more than 21%. Now, a continuous price fall is known as deflation, which is a terrible news for highly indebted countries. And China is one of the highly indebted countries. In fact, what not many people know is China's Nash, national domestic debt is now estimated at 282% of national output, which is in fact more than US. And we think that the US is a highly indebted country. A large part of Chinese debt is due to very wasteful expenditure and a lot of money going into building real estate projects. In fact, real estate is the biggest part of the Chinese economy, occupying almost 30% according to one estimate. And Chinese Real estate has been in a slow motion crash. The majority of Chinese property developers are almost bankrupt and there has been a huge, uh, what you call default in many of their dollar denominated bonds. But apart from all of these issues, which may be short term, China in fact is facing a very huge longer term issues, which is now the demographic uh, you know, demographic decline, which is caused by a single child policy of China from many years ago. As I said, 
China is estimated to have delivered almost 40% of global economic growth of the last decade. So if China starts shrinking, there is just no hope in hell that the global growth is going to go back to what it was. In fact, if China faces deflation, there's going to be new, completely new set of global realities to address. By keeping its export prices low, China is probably going to help in controlling inflation, but then it's going to create a lot of problems for local manufacturing to the countries to which China is exporting. In fact, the entire world has become very protectionist over the last four or five years. And in fact, it's not going to be easy for China to get out, get out of the problem by, by sort of exporting more and more at a lower, at a cheaper currency rate. So those kind of games with China could play ago, long ago is not no longer possible right now. In fact, protectionism is set to rise even more. President Biden has said China is, China's economy is a ticking time bomb. And then he went on to add, when bad folks have problems, they do bad things. India's imports from China have been galloping, widening our current account deficit. In fact, it could get worse, which is why the government of India has started taking protectionist measures, which is banning laptop and tablet imports and getting them manufactured here. Now, next, the US. While China faces def deflation, US is struggling to control inflation despite 11 rate hikes between March 22 and now. The latest data shows inflation remains stubborn for shelter, services, and also for producers' prices, that is the wholesale prices. The US is going through extraordinary debt binge, and I just reel out some numbers for you. It added $8 trillion to a debt in three years, of which $1.5 trillion had been added since the debt ceiling crisis just last May. The US will soon pay over $1 trillion in interest per year, but tax revenue is down 8% over the last 12 months. Its budget deficit doubled to $1.6 trillion in the first 10 months of their fiscal year, and their fiscal year ends in September. Consequently, because of all of these sort of major problems on the debt side, the rating agency Fitch has downgraded US from the much vaunted AAA down to AA. In Fitch's view, and I quote, there has been a steady deterioration in standards of governance over the last 20 years, including on fiscal and debt matters. So, so the effect on debt and interest rates on consumers have been worrying. US homeowners are now spending more than a record 40% of their gross income on their mortgage alone. And this is higher than the 2008 peak, which was 39%. Now on to Japan. If China is going the, ja the Japan way, it's called China is being called the Japanification of China. That is deflation, low interest and so on and so, so forth. Now what's happening in Japan itself? In fact, the Japan is going the other way. There is inflation there now. After decades of price stability, there's a 3.3% inflation in Japan caused by higher food prices and fuel and a lot of durables. And recently, uh, just about two days ago, the Japanese economy for the quarter was supposed to have grown at 1.5%. That is 6% per annum. This is almost like India's growth. In fact, a few weeks ago, Bank of Japan um, controlled its cap on Japanese government bonds. That Traditionally, they had kept it at 0.5%. And now they're saying that it can go up to 1% or so. Now, this has shaken up the entire financial world. The, the Bank of Japan upped its yield cap and the moment, and immediately the U.S. 10-year uh, 
bond yields jumped which means that the us has got a two has got a double problem in trying to control inf inflation and yields within the country and also having to deal with this some of these macroeconomic issues which is coming from outside the US. So the US, why is this bad news for the US? Because the US Treasury is supposed to now issue a lot of long dated bonds at such higher yields. So US Treasury in fact is like a uncontrolled wrecking ball. We just don't know how it's going to affect a series of events. India is just one of the small elements in this whole global economic scenario and the bond and foreign mar forex markets actually is going to tell us what's going to happen and equity markets are going to follow bond and forex markets so uh, so where does india figure in or in this jigsaw india's exports are uncompetitive so there's no question of india's exports ramping up and therefore competing with the rest of the world because of high infrastructure cost, very poor productivity, and of course, many frictions in doing business, vexatious laws, poor governance, and slow and expensive judicial systems. And note that China's decline in export has not meant higher exports out of India. All those export that China has lost has gone to other countries like Bangladesh and Vietnam and Mexico. So that is why India's current account deficit has to be funded by import of capital, that FII investments, for instance, or NRI inflows, for instance. Now, FIs are not very happy with the way the macroeconomic trends are going and they are selling stocks in the Indian market. We don't know what shape it's going to take, but it's not looking nice. Now, in India, there is certainly been strong growth in the post-COVID period last year, this year. But a lot of it is not organic, as in a lot of it is not due to uh, the functions of a freer economy, the enterprise economy, the highly productive part of the economy. A lot of it is due to the spending boost given by the government, that is on, the, on, on, cap, on, uh, on defense, on railway, on infrastructure and all the different government schemes. So this is why, you know, very surprising to a lot of people that capital goods segment, despite all this boom, grew only about 2.2% this June, which is sharply down. Consumer durables output actually fell by 6.9% and output of non-durable goods increased by mere 1.2%. So the boom that we are seeing is not artificial, certainly. It's genuine boom. A lot of uh, things are happening on the ground. But how much of this is sustainable on the long term? We'll have to see. A lot of there's a lot of rhetoric and a lot of chest thumping about India's uh, economic growth. India is the only bright spark in the whole world, people say. But when the giant waves are developing in the ocean in different parts of the ocean, uh, will such giant waves, when they hit our shores, are we able to sell? Uh, are we able to sail as smoothly as we have been sailing? We'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. Thanks for watching. And if you liked it, please do subscribe and share.